It's a great day for a podcast. Once again, here he is, John Oakley. Almost like it was yesterday. Of course, it was 20 years ago today. That too from Sarstock, the formal name, Molson Canadian Rocks for Toronto. Guess who? Burton and Gang. Of course, they were also a part of a real well, what do we call it? Uh, a legendary lineup that included the Rolling Stones, ACDC, Rush, Justin Timberlake, and so on and so forth. All the brainchild, by the way, of my buddy Dennis Mills, a former Liberal Member of Parliament. And, uh, of course, the guy who uh, has come up with a lot of different concepts, but this one was like monumental. Dennis, how are you doing this afternoon? John, it's always a pleasure to be on your show. We go back so far. You know, we do. Uh, we predate this concert by about a dozen years itself. But listen, Dennis, uh, before we get started on the concert, we were musing aloud in the last hour uh, that there was because a guy was complaining that, you know, the toilets had backed up and this flooded the Idomo where he had put a deposit down on a sofa or something like that. And then Hello, we, John, that was the year before at the Pope's event. Bingo. And that's what I said. And then I said, wait a minute. I think Dennis had something to do with that as well, didn't you? Yes, and and th- that person made a valid uh, point that the, uh, the the jerry cans emptied uh, the Johnny on the spots into a sewer that eventually flooded uh, Garrett DeBoer's uh, Idomo store. Uh, it was just a gross piece of negligence from that uh, particular company. And in fact, when we moved forward to do the event uh, for Sarstock, you call it, uh, Molson Canadian Rocks for Toronto, I went to Garrett DeBoer, and not only did Garrett DeBoer support us, but two of his children helped us execute the event. There you go. I mean, from the mouth of somebody who was intimately involved in the entire process, even leading up to Sarstock, or as you call it formerly, Molson Canadian Rocks for Toronto. Dennis, I knew you were involved with the papal visit in 2002. It was World Youth Day. About yeah. 800,000 young people there amassed. It's yeah, a- it, 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 it wasn't quite 800,000, but it was, it, was, uh, a very special, uh, it was a very special moment when now St. John Paul uh, came to our city for over 12 days. And for me, it was uh, the thrill of a life to be involved as one of the key organizers in then uh, that event. And quite frankly, it created, uh, it took us two years to plan that event and it created the template that allowed uh, the genius of Michael Cole, manager of the stones and organizer of uh, all the talent uh, to put the show on uh, that sent a signal to the whole world through BBC, CNN, uh, all the U S uh, uh, bases and the the, the uh, uh, ships at sea, whatever, told the world we we Toronto were back in business. Dennis, by the way, did you get to meet the Pope? Many times. Ooh, okay, I knew you were a blessed soul, but I didn't realize, you know, how intimately you were involved with uh, his worship. But my point uh, that you know, and you brought it up, uh, Michael Cole, you knew him or know him, and uh, he was pivotal to getting this going. But uh, by the way, I'm going to ask you because I mean, look, it's obviously very impressive that you meet the Pope and you're you're involved with World Youth Day. But for you, this concert 20 years ago today, uh, what made it so momentous for you? Well, first of all, uh, and again, I I, I really want to emphasize 
that without Michael Cole and without Dan O'Neill from Molson's and without Julian Fantino writing a letter to my boss, Jean Chrétien, that they were all on side. It never, ever would have happened. So uh, let, let's just make sure that we're clear on that. But what made it so special for me, uh, separate from the fact that everybody went home healthy, was the fact that we all collaborated. It was the best example of uh, total collaboration from the national government, the provincial governments, because don't forget we had mad cow disease at that time and we had all the western premiers work on the mile-long barbecue uh the city of toronto uh tony clement ernie eves again from the province it, it was a kind it was the type of collaboration john and this is why i'm excited to be on your show because you do innovative stuff it's time that we go back to that system of collaboration i mean the, the challenges that we have in our city today can take a real lesson from the teamwork, the collaboration uh, that happened at that event. Okay, Dennis, keep your powder dry because I'm going to broach that with you. and We're going to extend the segment because I think there's more that need be said on that front. And uh, you're locked and loaded and good to go. But I wanted to get back to the original concert and this brainstorm that you had. You and the Senator Jerry Grafstein, uh, both cut from the liberal cloth, and you got Jean Chrétien's imprimatur and Julian Fantino and got everybody on board. But you mentioned Michael Cole off times, and uh, as a manager for the Rolling Stones, uh, which came first, the Stones or Molson uh, deciding? No, 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 Michael Cole. I drove up Avenue Road when there was a business council that did a study on what we needed to do to refill our bars, our hotels, our tourism sector, which had totally collapsed at that time. I think you were in Montreal at that time. No, I uh, was here. I was right here. Uh, well, I was a different station on the, the dial, but I was here. Oh, well, then you would remember that you couldn't, uh, all the patios on the Danforth were empty. It was a total collapse. Yep. And so what uh, they were proposing was a plan for 2004. And I said, guys, my restaurants on the Danforth won't see September unless we do something now. And, uh, and that's when I got in my car and I drove up Avenue Road right across from the Hare Krishna Temple. Michael Cole had his office there. And I went in and I said to Michael, Michael, you know, we've been working together since we were teenagers. The city's been good to you. It's been good to me. Let's do something. You see if you can get the stones on side and I'll see if I can get the government of Canada on side uh, to sponsor this event. And Cole responded right away. Uh, following day said, they'll do it. I, I was, I was uh, practically tortured and mutilated for 48 hours because uh, I leaked the story to the press purposefully. And people said, there's no damn way we're going to use taxpayers money uh, to give the Rolling Stones anything. And then on one of the shows, one of the radio shows, somebody said, get the private sector to pay the artists. And once we agreed that if we could get the private sector to pay for the artists, then everybody came on side right away. Government just paid for the infrastructure. And the following day, Dan O'Neill, now the late Dan O'Neill, president of Molson, said, I'm in. I'll look after the artists. Let's do it. Yeah, that might have been me, but that would have been the last time you'd listen to me. <laughs> 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 All right, just having some fun. Dennis Mills is with us. Uh, he's the guy who 20 years ago uh, 
really was the impetus for this show, uh, Sarstock, as we call it, Molson Canadian Rocks for Toronto. And so uh, Molson got on board. They picked up the tab for all the artists. But Dennis, then, uh, because the Stones had signed on with Michael Cole immediately, uh, did that make it easier bringing all the other acts in? Oh, yeah. Well, look, what, once once the Rolling Stones had committed to to reorganize their European tour, they had a, they had a two-week break the latter part of July on their European tour, and Michael Cole and uh, the boys agreed to spend that one of the, the last week in July in Toronto. And um, but I must tell you that all through the process of the ten weeks of planning it was a ten-week project. Uh, every morning phone call, I can tell you that to most of those calls, uh, they were on the call to make sure that we were doing things the right way. Yeah, I was going to say, 10 weeks out, Dennis. I mean, this is, it's really uh, mind-boggling. The logistical nightmare this must have presented to you. Uh, what were some of the problems that you uh, had to handle, the hurdles and so on and so forth, that might have scuttled this whole deal? Well, the, the they were all logistical problems, but I, I, I love telling the story about how the sound guys said we need the Downsview runway, which was controlled by Bombardier, uh, who were making uh, planes for Argentina, and they needed it for two extra days. And the boys from Bombardier said, sorry, we're shipping out planes. And I'll not forget calling Paul Tellier 10 o'clock at night uh, the day before, uh, two days before the event. And Paul Tellier called the Bombardier guys and said, we'll stall shipping those planes a week. Let them go ahead and set up their sound systems. I mean, there were lots of crazy things like that, but, but the bottom line is, look, John, you're a South porcupine guy. You know what a canoe is. (laughs) You know that if you're in a canoe and there's 10 or 12 of you, it only takes one and everybody goes in. Hmm. In this particular case, everybody paddled and everybody did what they had to do. And I contend that that's the formula we need to use right now for some of the challenges we have in Toronto. SARS is a perfect template. You're really anxious to get onto that theme, aren't you? Okay. Well, I'll, uh, I'll abide by that. Dennis, we will want, I want to come back here in a moment and uh, talk about, you know, the spirit of collegiality that's now missing because of increased polarization, alienation, maybe uh, disaffection and apathy, even uh, because you're a very positive guy. As I've known you almost 30 years, you're always full of that can-do spirit, uh, even in the face of adverse circumstances. And certainly Starstock at the time looked like it presented that. First of all, by the way, who decided on the magnitude and scale of this thing that it was going to be a Downs view? Did you anticipate there'd be a half a million people there? Uh, the short answer is uh, we, Michael Cole and I agreed that because we had the template from World Youth Day, let's go there. But one of the sponsors, uh, uh, Dominion Stores, bought 250,000 tickets. They were so behind the event. It's you know, Dominion is no longer Dominion, but uh, Dominion stores, but they stepped up to the plate and bought 250,000 tickets, which they sold at all their cashier outlets at all their food stores all around wherever in Ontario. And, and so that once we knew those 250,000 tickets uh, were done, we then knew, Oh, oh, this is going to be a serious big time event. As proved to be the case on this date back 20 years ago, 
2003, Dennis Mills with us. It was his brainchild along with Senator Jerry Grafstein. And uh, having explained that, you know, the subtext to it is that everybody came together, colluded and cooperated. And now we fast forward to a contemporary time where there isn't that same spirit of collegiality or cooperation. So, Dennis, uh, I know that you're, as I said earlier, the eternal optimist and you think there's a can-do spirit that sort of lurks in all of us and it's just percolating under the surface. But what is it going to take to get people back into that uh, mode of thinking and operating in the city and even across the country? So, so John... You're one of the most, if not the most, listened to guy in Canada on radio. And I think you have a very specific responsibility. And here's what I think we should be doing. We should be reaching out to the Prime Minister of Canada and even Pierre Polyev, the Her Majesty's loyal opposition leader. And they should be summoning a meeting at in Toronto somewhere. And they should bring the Archbishop of Toronto, who controls about a thousand pieces of land through the churches, bring in the head of the Royal Canadian Legion. They have about 700 uh, units of land in and around the whole province and bring in all the various people that make things work in our city and saying, look, here are the things that we need to address And as the Prime Minister of Canada, the national government, we're going to lead the way. We're going to work with the province. We're going to work with the city. And here's what we have to do. And it shouldn't be a one-day meeting. It should be like a war room where people stay until every box is checked. And then two, three weeks later, when all those boxes are checked, then people get out and execute the job. That's what needs to be done. All right. To convene this kind of uh, an enclave, but... Let me just say, last week, when Olivia Chow asked the federal government for help, even on the refugee front, and to make Toronto whole, because we're a billion, a billion plus in the hole, and uh, so she's going now cap in hand to various levels of government. Christian Freeland, who's an MP in downtown Toronto, the Rosedale Riding, said, uh, no, we can't help you out any further. Uh, go to the province. I mean, that's Listen, not- John, John, stop. I am a liberal, okay? But what Christian Freeland said to the mayor of Toronto last week was just wrong. The 20% of the gross national product of Canada comes from the GTA. Canada or Toronto is the golden goose for the economy of Canada. As Toronto goes, Canada goes. And for Christopher Freeland, we should be rallying around Olivia Chow right now. I've had my differences with Olivia Chow, but right now we've got a crisis that demands that we all get together. That's what we did at SARS. We had, I've had differences with Ernie Eves or Tony Clement, but at that, we all, we were a fist. We all came together to serve the people, not just of Toronto, but all of Canada. That's, we've got to get back into the business where people elected to office understand they're there to serve the people, the whole people, not themselves. So, Dennis, uh, what then are the priorities to your mind? I mean, you mentioned this land. Uh, the Legion's got the 700 parcels and the Catholic, Catholic Church. Church, all the churches. Right. Uh, to, uh, you you know, know, we, we don't even need to be taking uh, Greenbelt lands. There's enough lands in the province of Ontario through all these various religious organizations. And, you know, but you've got to just say, hey, Archbishop, 
you got to step up and help us here with these encampments. I know of a church in San Francisco where they take in the homeless people and they let them sleep in the church rather than the church be empty at night. Shouldn't be having we shouldn't be having encampments in in parks in downtown Toronto. That's crazy. Well, Olivia was even critical of the fact that a church in North Toronto or North York, I guess uh, it would have been near Dufferin and Finch, took in about uh, 220 refugee claimant or asylum seekers. And she believes that that was wrong to do because the churches shouldn't be uh, somehow entrusted to look after these folks. I guess in the immediate, uh, that makes sense. But uh, for you're talking about then prioritizing these parcels of land for building homes, affordable homes. How do you see this being played out? It's a combination. It's mostly, it's mostly whatever the residential capacity is, but it's also using it's also using the strength of these organizations to help get a spirit of collaboration going. Maybe there are other services that can be supplied by some of these organizations. This all of the we didn't we could never have done the project at SARS without Molsons. We could never have done it without the Wata Water people from Bala. We you you have to have you have to have everybody working together. And the only, and it's got to start at the top. When we did this project in Toronto, we didn't go to the city of Toronto. I went to the prime minister and said, prime minister, we need you, we need you on side. The national government for the city of Toronto has to really get more involved. Well, that's the interesting thing. Uh, you talk of Jean Chrétien back in the day, 20 years ago. I mean, uh, with whom you were close, this is uh, Justin Trudeau. Is he cut from the same cloth? Do you think he'd be one you've already indicted or at least been critical of Christian Freeland? She's just an extension of his mindset. I mean, do you think he'd play ball? Do you think that's the kind of thinking that he engenders? Well, well, John, look, we've known each other for many, many years, and we don't always agree but we can still debate and we can still come together. And I think just, I mean, we're not, we're not all uh, puppets here for uh, uh, we're, we're not here to create uh, to, how much dissent can we create? How, and this is where Pierre Polyev has got to change his approach. Pierre Polyev has got to reach out and, and say to the prime minister for the sake of Toronto, getting back on its feet, I'm prepared to work with you. I'm prepared for the next uh, 12 weeks or whatever it is. We're not going to have an election in the next 12 weeks, but let's have a 12-week period where we all work together to try and get some of these priorities uh, believed in, executed, and done. I don't see how the Prime Minister would say no or turn it down. I got 27 MPs from Toronto itself, from the GTA. I mean, uh, it would be folly for him to refuse to help Toronto be prosperous. Yeah, and I think this whole thing about blaming or pointing the finger at Olivia Chow is crazy. I mean, she doesn't have the capacity. I don't mean it's in a personal sense. The city of Toronto doesn't have the capacity to handle some of these issues. We bring in 100,000 refugees in Toronto. She doesn't have the instruments uh, to, to, to help organize all those uh, welcomed refugees. I mean, look at all of our empty armories, Moss Park armories, Fort York armories, HMCS York, uh, uh, armory up at uh, Downsview. All of these national government instruments should be brought together uh, to use to sort of get Toronto back on track, uh, the greatest city in the world. 
you get no argument from me. Uh, that was something I was proposing early on, rather than having them sleep and languish on a sidewalk outside an assessment center there on Peter and Richmond. It made no sense. As I said, the armories, federal buildings can be easily earmarked to, you know, take people in it in the immediate out of the, uh, you know, the inclement weather and uh, give them a, an ounce of dignity as well in the process. So, Dennis, uh, at the end of the day, then, uh, how would you move matters forward? What would be your initial offering here to uh, get the ball rolling? Well, uh, John, uh, I'm thrilled to be on your show. I get emotional from time to time. But I'll tell you right now, you're a young guy and you've got lots of uh, spunk left. I think you really need to grab this, the way your challenge of creating and electing Rob Ford. What you did there was a miracle for the city. And I think it's uh, you, you got to go to bat right now and motivate uh, Pierre Poliev and Justin Trudeau and everybody else to rally around Olivia Chow. That, that would be my challenge to you. Hmm. What about going to Doug Ford as well? Absolutely, Doug Ford, our premier, of course. Mm. All right. Just uh, be clear. Uh, let's oh, see. yeah. No, no, Doug, of course. I mean, I I think Doug would do this in a walk. I hope you're right. Uh, you know, again, as we understand it, you and I are again on the same page. Toronto is the goose that lays the golden egg, and you can't beggar this city. It's uh, to the detriment of the entire country. And 20%. Uh, John, 20% of the gross national product of our country comes out of the GTA. I mean, we are the golden goose. And right now we're, we're really fracturing it. Dennis, I've heard critics say that Toronto did it to itself. And you say what? Uh, I, I say that's, uh, uh, I, I say that, uh, the media has a responsibility here and I'm, you know, you and I can be tough with each other. Uh, someone with your force, someone with your credibility uh, can uh, take a, a pathway that maybe is different because sometimes media is seen as an organ organizations that like to sort of create ratings on feeding dissent and I think the idea of saying, you know what, I'm going to try and create uh, unanimity. I'm going to try and create a collaborative approach, which you and others did back in 2003, which sent a signal to the entire world, including the, uh, the space station, that we can and we will work together and we are a great city and a great country. And it worked. And I'm saying it's time to revisit that formula. Dennis, it's always good to talk. I appreciate you giving us a little more time today. I mean, we uh, went from SARS talk to the contemporary challenges that face a 20-year span. But, uh, you know, here we are uh, again trying to climb that hill. Thanks so much for your time, as always, my friend. It's always great, John. Love um, you. Yep, likewise. Dennis Mills, former Liberal Member of Parliament. And he's the guy who came up with the idea for SARS Fest 20 years ago today. Listen to The John Oakley Show live each weekday afternoon from 3 until 6. If you live in the Toronto area, just turn that AM dial to 640 and listen anywhere on Earth 24 hours a day by going to 640toronto.com. Follow on Twitter at AM640Oakley. You've been listening to A Curious Cast. New podcasts and shows are debuting all the time. So check back often to see what's new in the Curious Cast Library.